Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn, mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome. Our guest on the show today is a successful entrepreneur who has really leveraged the power of social media to grow her business. She certainly has. Chi Mai was born and raised in Hanoi in Vietnam. She came to Australia to study in 2014, and it was in Melbourne some years later that her career took an unexpected turn. Instead of the corporate career she'd always imagined, Chi ended up with no experience and barely in her 20s, starting a jewellery business. And we'll hear just why that happens shortly. We'll also hear how in just two short years since its founding in 2018, Chi's business, called Skin Studio, was already a million-dollar business. Yeah, and it's pretty incredible when you consider, as we'll soon hear as well, that this was a side hustle for most of those first two years, so really incredible. Yeah, seriously. Now, in this episode, you'll learn the marketing strategy that changed everything and created an explosion in the growth of Chi's business. How and when Chi decided to let go of her day job and devote herself full-time to Skin Studio. What she's learned as an introvert so that she can successfully lead and delegate to her team of nine. How having a baby has changed her work habits and what success looks like for Chi. Now, one thing that is different about this episode is that you'll only hear Greta speaking because I lost my voice thanks to a flu bug. Yeah. You can actually hear it. You still can today. hear it. Yeah. yeah. I was so disappointed not to be able to be part of this conversation. Yeah. And we missed you. We missed you. However, without further ado, enjoy this episode with the entrepreneurial and passionate Chi Mai. Chi Mai, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. Hi, how are you? I am so well, thank you. Sadly, I can't say the same for my co-host, Claire, who's lost her voice. So you've just got me today. Even though she's not here, we're both very excited to have you on the show today. And a question that we always ask our guests to kick off with is, you know, if you're at a dinner party and you met someone you uh, haven't met before and they asked you, hey, Chi, what do you do? How would you answer them? So I guess like in short, I would say I'm a jewellery designer by trade and I own a business that is five years old called Skin Studio Jewellery and we make ethical jewellery for the minimalist in your life. Uh Uh-huh. Was that ethical jewellery for the minimalist in your life, did you say? Yes, that's correct. 
So Skin Studio is such a, seems such a success today, but is there a short, like five to ten, five or so minutes story um, of how you came to create Skin Studio? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess creating skin, it wasn't, it was a happy accident because I was gifted a necklace that I really, really loved from a a retailer online by my then uh, fiancé for our anniversary. And I really wanted this necklace and I told him, would you be able to buy it for me? And he ended up buying it for me and I wore it for about three days. And I had a rash on my skin and it completely turned black. So I then accused him of buying me a cheap knockoff and he swore black and blue that it was the exact link that I sent. You know how it is. Uh, yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> you know, he must have been feeling terrible at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's just not right. And I looked into it and turns out the necklace that I, I really liked was gold-plated. So I uh, dug a little deeper and I found out gold-filled, which is an alternative to gold-plated and solid gold, was the middle ground that I was looking for that was sensitive, skin-friendly, and lasts more than, you know, a few wears, and obviously also the sustainable side of things and the ethical side of things, which I can go to a little bit further later on is how I I, um, kind of found the niche uh, for Skin Studio. Wow. Well, I think you're probably the only entrepreneur I've spoken to who started a business because they ended up with what sounds like a really nasty rash that's turned black on their neck, you poor thing. But tell me, I don't think I know the difference between gold plate and gold fill. What is gold fill? Very good question. A lot of people don't know this either. Gold-plated, think of it as painting a house. So the paint that you put on top of a material like silver on the base is usually for gold-plated, a very thin layer that's electroplated, so it's like a flash plating on top. So it doesn't last very long, and it's a very thin layer. Gold-filled, on contrary, is a very thick layer of solid gold that is materially bonded onto the base material. So it goes through heat and a vacuum chamber that fuses the two metal together, the base metal and the top metal, if you will. And it creates a really strong bond. And it helps here with uh, longevity and obviously skin-friendly issues if you have um, sensitive skin. You grew up in Hanoi, and so you came to Australia for your studies, I imagine. Was that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure your parents were very proud of you studying um, you know, marketing and commerce at Melbourne Uni. What kind of reaction did they have when you sort of told them, well, actually, you were going to not do a, anything to do with kind of classic maybe what's yeah. used more safe corporate jobs, but you <laughs> wanted to start, of all things, a jewellery business? Yeah, well, I think growing up with an Asian background, and um, I'm sure a lot of other Asians would relate, my parents, my family, my relatives, they would always compare myself to friends, children, or even my cousins. And and I felt an incredible pressure to like do well in every aspect of life, no matter what it is. So I think while my parents didn't really voice their disappointment per se, I could almost 
tell that it was something that was a little bit left field. And I felt like I had to set myself some high expectations in order to, I guess, justify the decision that I've made. However, luckily, while I was, um, you know, getting started with Skin Studio, I was working full time as a marketing manager at a supply chain company. So I guess it's it's not too much in terms of um, uh, voiceable disappointment, if, if you will. I didn't have to deal with too much heartache at the time. Oh, that's good. And that was smart to kind of start Skin Studio basically as a, a side hustle, I'm, I'm hearing yes. you say, yep. and uh, work full time. That was very cool. What was the point in time where you felt it was justified to jump full time into Skin Studio and where had Skin Studio got to as a business at that point? I recall there was this one moment that I told my husband, I don't think I can do two jobs anymore. I'm, I'm working 60 hours a week doing a full-time marketing for this supply chain company, traveling back and forth to Sydney because that's where they were based and I was in Melbourne. And obviously also staying late in the night and, you know, doing content shoots and packing orders. And I eventually went, well, I think this is the point where I have to choose. And at that point, I don't think I was earning enough to do one or the other. It was a big decision for me to jump into skin full time. So I actually decided to hire someone part-time before I actually go full-time and it was one of a friend of mine she she came to help pack orders for a few hours every week so three times a week and that kind of gave me a little bit more time to work on growing the business to a point where I could actually take a salary and jump over full-time from my current marketing manager job. So I think that was a really good decision because I felt as if I couldn't financially support myself, but I could outsource things that I didn't really uh, find that it was a good use of my time. Yeah, that's really, really smart. And I mean, if we sort of cast minds back going to sort of the early days of just getting jewellery made, that must have been such a steep learning curve for you not uh, kind of had any training in that area. Yeah, for sure. I honestly just watched two, two tutorials to start with and um, learned all the different jewelry making techniques, experimented at home, kind of creating different designs and shapes based on, you know, wire, beads and and uh, little stamping pendants and so on. So that's how it started. But obviously, as it grew, I really wanted to create my own designs from scratch. And the big hurdle was a manufacturer. And I think a lot of people would understand now, but back then it wasn't so much of a focus, was that ethical manufacturing wasn't a thing. Commitment to manufacturing and in terms of like even the difference between fair wage and living wage wasn't really explored very much. So coming into creating my first ever collection, I knew that I wanted to get it made by an ethical manufacturer and that was really important to me. If you think about the journey of of launching it as a side hustle, I mean, you obviously gifted in kind of reaching people with online marketing and Instagram and the like. But was there a time where you just thought this is all too hard and and you wanted to throw it in? You know what? I think there's so many points in my journey with skin. At the very beginning where I felt like 
I was a failure. Like I said before, I have a very high expectation of myself due to my upbringing and my background. And I think it was three months in where it was a deep depths of winter in Melbourne. It's not a necessary thing. Like people don't go outside. They don't really put on jewellery. They're, you know, deeply laid up in all of their knits and so on. So sales were really slow. And it was, um, I think I remember my entire sales for the month was the one order. And yeah. uh, starting out from a really strong launch of, you know, five to six orders uh, on that first day, I was in the deep depths of despair. <laughs> um, I can imagine. Yeah. And I, I honestly, you know, thinking back now, it's such a crucial learning moment for me because uh, it taught me a lot. It taught me perseverance, definitely, and uh, something that not a lot of people will persevere through through that first couple of years of hardship when you're in a business. And number two is to surround yourself with support. And that was my husband. And he, you know, egged me to keep going. And even when the hards are really hard, I kept going. I kept creating content. I kept showing up. And I think that's the difference between, I guess, myself as a business owner and perhaps another person because I genuinely care about everything that I do and showing up and being able to show that I guess like genuineness uh, shows off really, really easily. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, it's one of the things that we hear in common from all entrepreneurs that, you know, there are times where you just feel like you can't see light at the end of the tunnel, but you've got to believe in yourself and back yourself and keep going because actually that's what building a business is. It's a lot of hard work and ups and downs, and then something will happen and it will, grow to another stage and then that stage will have pains and difficulties and then something can oh, happen yes, and if you <laughs> yeah I used to think oh my god if I just get one order per day I, I can like live off of that and and then you you grow and you go and you're like oh but now I have to pay my staff and then now I've got to pay rent now mm-hmm. I've got uh, all these different things that you have to pay for when when it comes to growing your business What is it that you think has been the secret to sort of really kind of taking off? If you had to pinpoint a moment or a marketing initiative, do you sort of put it down to say, for example, is it Instagram or was it involving an influencer? So I think there's a really crucial switch between when you're first launching and you're in that startup mode to the next phase of growth. And I think back then, what made it really, really successful for me and and what made it work for Skin was that we were really willing to try everything and we were willing to continuously improve. So that's probably, I guess, in the backbone of the business, something that I really valued at the very beginning and really helped me financially to be able to grow But the other thing that I guess like the catalyst of where skin has grown to today would have to be influencer marketing. We actually grew from, funnily enough, from this one influencer based in the Netherlands. And actually uh, her and I connected on multiple levels, but mainly on the creative side of things when 
skin first started and it's just started from from us you know talking to each other and and I guess like me sending a piece of jewelry so she can uh, create some content with and actually she grew a lot from there and we kind of grew with her and eventually in 2019 we created a collaboration collection with her and I would say that's when we completed completely exploded because not only does the collaboration embody basically the influencer herself as well as being perfect fit for skin it also was a sold out collection that like made the urgency and created a cult following yeah for both myself and the influencer herself So I think now, I wouldn't necessarily say an influencer collaboration of that magnitude would work in the same magnitude now, just because in terms of how Instagram has changed so, so much over the years. And how kind of vulnerable do you feel these days to, you know, sort of an algorithm change or another kind of change that Instagram, for example, might introduce that suddenly really affects how you can reach uh, your sort of customers and community. That's something you've been consciously trying to make sure that you diversify where you can reach your community. I think it's a really, really good question with the landscape of social media now. Yeah. It is a very, very, you have to put your eggs in all the baskets. <laughs> yeah. With Instagram being such a huge part of our identity, over the past, I guess, six months to a year, I've learned that it's actually really detrimental to your business to only focus on one social media. And that was really evident in the iOS changes that happened towards the end of, I think, 2020. Yeah, A lot of people were freaking out because their Facebook ads no longer work. So luckily, we weren't really um, heavily invested in Facebook ads, but it was the same story with our organic Instagram growth. And I think now with TikTok, with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, there's so many different social medias that you have to be on and you have to constantly show up for that I know it's such a big task and a lot of people pretty much only choose one or two to go with and I think that's a great strategy. But I guess for myself, the growth of skin and being able to maintain that community sense, like you said, it's crucial to be able to be on those different platforms that your community is on. Because if you want to reach the right people for your business, you have to show up. Now, I've read that you describe yourself, Chi, as an introvert. What's been the hardest thing for you when it comes to leading others and you've got nine staff now so how what's been the hardest thing so I think at the very beginning when your business is bootstrapped and it's just you're doing you know customer service and you know content creator and order packer it's so much easier to to I guess live in your own head and be be able to do all the things that you can do and say well I can do it better than you because I've done this for so long so when my first staff that I hired came in it was very hard for me to let go and be able to delegate some of those tasks that I desperately desperately wanted to do myself yeah I think anyone in terms of a business owner would be able to understand is 
your business is your baby. It's not anyone else's. And you're the one that, at the end of the day, going to be the one that cares the most about it. I've had to learn over the years that people's limitations are, are finite and it, not no one will be as passionate about your business as you are. And being able to let go and delegate some of those tasks that you might not find as much joy in is absolutely crucial to be able to grow the business. Another thing that I think really, really helps me with being an introvert and delegating and leading a team is that let your team lead you because sometimes the people who you've hired, they've got so much to give and they are the reason that your business will thrive or die. Now, you became a mum for the first time earlier this year. Big congratulations. Thank How you. has that mixed up your life? It's not as if you've um, not got much going on there, Chi. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think the decision to have a baby, I mean, COVID, am I right? But <laughs> yeah. mainly, I guess, the, the big changes that I've had, other than being a mum and being responsible for an entire human being, is as a business owner, you have to delegate and you have to, to switch up what's important to you priority-wise. And I've found that I've really switched up what I've spent my time on as a business owner. And are there any sort of habits or routines you stick to when it comes to when you work, when you don't, or being more productive? Yeah, so I love working in the morning. So I'm a really uh, big morning uh, routine person and uh, I, I usually come into the office uh, earlier than everyone else and kind of just nut out some admin work and kind of set up for the day and make sure that everyone's got everything that they need and another habit of mine is to take time off on the weekends and that's a time that I can spend recharging and thinking about new ideas and a lot of the time being able to spend quality time with my son and my husband as well. What does success look like for you? Oh, it's such a jaded word. I think a lot of people <laughs> think that success is like a very specific milestone or like if I reach this point, I'll be successful. And I was once the same. I think I, I've mentioned earlier um, when I was in the earlier days of skin, I, I had a number. I always had a number in mind where I was like, if I reach this number for skin, I'll be successful. I, it, it really isn't not so much about that. It, it's not so granular, I guess. It's about a lifestyle for me. And I think to be able to create a life that I have years and years dreamed of from the business is the definition of success for me. Um, being able to have flexibility in my work, have a team that I'm really, really proud of, have somewhere to work that I come in and I'm excited about every day is my definition of success. And I, I think it's different for everybody because some people, you know, it, it could be that number. And eventually, once you've reached that number, uh, well, you know, what next, you know? Um, so there's a lot of pressure, I guess, these days and women in Korea are uh, defining what success is for them. And I think it's important to step back a little and say, well, success is not just about one aspect of your life, it's the entire picture. 
Absolutely. I love that answer. And it's why we love asking our guests that question because you do get different answers, as you rightly say, from different people. And, and that's as it should be. That's a really good definition in my book. I love it. Gee, it's been such a fascinating conversation. If listeners want to learn more about you or Skin Studio, where should they go? You can find us on all the different social medias under Skin Studio. We're always, you know, dancing on TikTok and uh, going off uh, on Instagram about all the copycats on AliExpress and come and join us anytime. I'm there all the time. I should probably get off a lot more. But yes, under Skin Studio is us. Brilliant. And we'll put that on our show notes too. So, Chi, thank you. I've so enjoyed this conversation and just really look forward to seeing where Skin Studio goes in the future and I'll be watching all of your social media activity and kind of going, <laughs> I know how much work is going into this and just because I'm watching you on one platform, there you are and your team madly creating content for others. But uh, it's a, a really inspiring story and I hope uh, our listeners are inspired as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Chi. Thanks so much, Greta, for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. It was so fascinating to hear how Chi's business really took off thanks to her working with that Dutch influencer on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you'd sort of kind of go random, you know, here we are in Australia and a, and a Dutch influencer. But what I love is that Chi shared with me that that relationship came about very organically. The two of them became friends on Instagram and it, it kind of evolved from there. Yeah, so it was really genuine and authentic. Absolutely. I have so much admiration for all the content Chi and her team have to produce to stay on top of mind with their market. They certainly do. You know, in some ways, modern fashion businesses like Skin Studio are as much content creation businesses, I think, as they are fashion businesses, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's really a key success factor these days, no doubt. Well, Chi was really generous sharing her experience and all her learnings. So hopefully lots of listeners will be inspired by her story and her success. Indeed. And that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned in two weeks where we'll hear the story of a founder who really embodies the circular economy and how important it is that we recycle as much as we can of everything. Indeed, I can't wait for that one. We'll see you then. And in the meantime, stay safe, keep smiling and ciao for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.